Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the videocast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. And speaking of traveling the world, we've actually been traveling around South America for seven months. We actually did every single country on the continent, uh, all 12 out of 12. So make sure you check out our pictures, videos, and blog posts on our website, uh, Daddy Blogger World Tour at daddyblogger.com. And as we're traveling, we love interviewing fellow world travelers, fellow entrepreneurs, and especially fellow dads. And we have a passionate dad on the show today, Tuan Nguyen, who's the founder of the Awesome Biz Dads podcast. And we're going to be finding out about Tuan's passion for business, travel, and especially fatherhood. And Tuan's actually a fellow Canadian, a fellow connect just like me. I'm from Vancouver, BC, Canada. And our guest today, Tuan, is actually from Ontario. So West Coast, East Coast, represented here on the podcast today. So Tuan, how are you doing today? Doing great. Thank you for having me on the show, brother. Definitely always a pleasure and a joy to connect with you. Uh, we've been friends for many years now, and uh, you know, whenever we connect, I definitely get super inspired. Uh, so Tuan, uh, you know, for the sake of the people listening and watching, why don't we get to know you a little bit better if you're going to share a little bit more about yourself? Sure. I'll, I'll try to do the, uh, the Coles Notes version of it here, of course. Um, uh, had a really great life so far, uh, but I guess uh, currently, let's start with currently and how, how it led to what I did in the past, how it led to what I'm doing currently. Uh, as you can see, I, I've launched a few things around the daddy space. Uh, I'm very passionate about biz dads, and um, a fall from divorce kind of led me to a journey back and realizing that biz dads need a lot of support and a lot of place where we could kind of grow and excel. And so I launched something called Dude Buddha, which is awesome biz dads. And Ricky, you're a dude Buddha. In fact, you're the traveling Buddha. Every dude has got a name. And so I, I, I've been running a very small community. I spend five, six hours a week. And uh, there's a small group of biz dads that uh, we, we, you curate lessons through a podcast and through video work. And um, I share this with the world and hopefully supporting and, and, and helping biz dads become more awesome in relationships, business, fatherhood, and self-care. So that's kind of like the side project. What I do for a living is I run a business advisory practice that works with dental groups. And we primarily drive leads for a very particular procedure called All on Four. And uh, it's been very exciting. It's uh, it's a $70,000 procedure, and it's typically not referred by other dentists. So we uh, the dentists require more of a direct marketing approach. So our company uh, supports that, and we drive the leads. So that's kind of like what I do. And uh, for, for those of you watching on video, I'm not sure if this is audio and video, but I'm as you can see, I'm wearing a Let's Hug It Out and Let's Hug It Out. Uh, this initiative that really was spawned up by a buddy named Matt Britt, and we just want to spread positivity and hugs throughout the world through apparel. And so this has gone quite viral in its own space, and it's doing really well. It's gone pretty global, uh, and but we haven't put that much time into it, truthfully, you know. And um, uh, I'm, I'm excited now that uh, there's a little bit more legs behind um, and support behind this Let's Hug It Out community that we could we could mobilize this community and, and spread some positivity. So that's kind of like what I do now: healthcare with dentists, spread positivity, hugs, and then a passion project, which is not not really a business, really, but it's a passion project where I help uh, curate a community of awesome biz dads who want to continue to be awesome in business and in fatherhood. So that's what I do now. Uh, would you like to should me continue to kind of a bit of my background and stuff like that? And find out about your whole passion for business. And entrepreneurship. When did that begin? And tell us about the origin there. 
Sure. So the uh, the passion for business really stemmed from volunteerism. I, I, I never really considered myself an entrepreneur, but I came from Vietnam in 75 and very sick. I, I flatlined twice. I was hospitalized most of my, my youthful life. And um, and so I'm grateful to uh, the, the hospital and healthcare, Medicare, and as well as charities who support my family, like United Way, Salvation Army. Uh, but then a lot of local organizations helped us integrate into this community. So I, I dedicated most of my life to volunteerism. But what I didn't realize was my desire to make a bigger difference in volunteerism led to entrepreneurship. And I'll explain by this. I was volunteering throughout university. I did. I studied engineering, that I studied accounting, and I figured, you know what, maybe I'll work for 20 years, but and then I'll start a business. I figured I needed 20 years of experience before I had to start a business, right? But I didn't realize that, you know, through the act of volunteerism, the skills you develop when you challenge yourself to see how much money you can raise, how many people you can mobilize, how far you can get a message across to make a difference, I didn't realize those were entrepreneurship skills. I had no idea. And I was just kind of volunteering and applying some of my business knowledge to my volunteer efforts. And I ended up raising uh, a, a bit over shy of seven figures within about a 14 month period, right? So this was like something happening that I was enjoying. And I thought I'd just volunteer until one day I get 20 years of experience and then start my own business, right? And this is me in my early twenties. At the same time, there's things that I really want to fix. And when I was studying in business and I started interviewing some of my projects, interviewing small businesses, I learned that small businesses didn't have the money to advertise on radio, on TV. It was really expensive. And I thought, wow, it's really unfair and it's unfortunate. So uh, a friend of mine and I and another guy, three of us, we kind of talked about this and we said, well, how could we solve this problem? And we're like, hey, let's just start a website and offer people advertising and our job is to get people to the website and they could engage the businesses and go to the restaurants and stuff. This is 1996, right? So it was revolutionary back in those days, but we just thought, hey, let's just do this for fun and see where it goes. And little did we know that a project that was on the side uh, ended up taking over our lives and running across the country. Like we had Vancouver kiosks, we had Ottawa kiosks, Calgary kiosks. It was called Canadian kiosks, basically. Check it out. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> uh, but we ended up launching three different portals. My volunteers' efforts uh, connected me with extremely influential people who ended up mentoring me at a young age to teach me actually how to grow a business. I actually didn't have the confidence, truthfully, to grow. But the success in uh, uh, one of the earliest websites, at least in my city, that was able to go across the country was advertising revenue. And wow, I stumbled across something called residual income, <laughs> right? And it was great to have that because while a lot of my tech friends would take their money and buy a BMW and a mansion and party, I took that opportunity to travel the world. And I took the opportunity to give back to communities that I fell in love with. And so I've traveled to Africa, I've traveled to Europe, I've done lots of Latin America. Funny enough, I haven't done Asia yet. <laughs> uh, and I'm interested in cultures that don't look like me, you know? And so uh, I've been very fortunate just through the desire to fix a few things that I thought was unfair and through the act of volunteerism, uh, I developed without knowing entrepreneurship skills that I have helped me, you know, develop a lifestyle that I was able to give back. Uh, to communities. It was been, it was, I'm, I'm truly grateful even thinking about it right now. <laughs> yeah.
Awesome, Dad. Definitely uh, the flipper. You know, a lot of people start in business and then they realize, okay, it's not just about making money, but it's making a difference. Whereas you, you start with making a difference and then went into the making money. So I love it. Uh, so tell us about some of your travels. I mean, you mentioned you travel the world because of your business. So what are some of the pl favorite places you've been to so far, Juan? Wow, that's that's a tough one. I could say probably Nicaragua is one of my favorite spots that I, I visited. Uh, we went there through an organization called Schoolbox, uh, which is now in Toronto, I think, but it's based out of uh, uh, Smith Falls here or around Smith Falls here in Ottawa, near Ottawa. And uh, I went there to build a school. I spent three weeks there and um, they call it volunteerism. I'm not sure if, the, if you've heard of that, but they call it volunteerism. And so I went there to build two schools and the community was just wonderful. I think the organization did an amazing job to curate the experience for us. Uh, but I was the, the best part was I was able to be there and share with people how I was able to be there. It was cool to say, you know why I'm able to be here? I have a business that is allowing me to be here and you can do it too. And to let them know that I didn't come from riches, you know, I grew up on welfare my whole life. My father had a, a heart disease the moment we came to Canada. So I grew up eating bland food, first of all. So I don't need anything salty or flavorful, I'm pretty simple. But, um, you know, we required social aid our whole lives, you know, and um, and I was able to share the story that, you know, you, you can literally educate yourself, find things you care about and, you know, and, and just focus on it. And the universe just works out for, to help you because you've helped others, right? So that's one of my favorite experiences. And the other reason it's a favorite experience because uh, these types of trips are usually, you know, retirees or church groups or things like that. You know, it's typically, it's very rare that it's a group of young professionals getting together and saying, hey, let's go to Latin America or go somewhere and build a school, right? It's the first uh, and actually the only time I've ever gone with 15 friends and, uh, it was unseen before by this organization that 15 professionals went down, took their time off. It wasn't about, you know, uh, a missionary type movement. It was just, hey, guys, let's just represent and go down and show that young professionals can contribute. Right. And so it became just a really cool vibe. It was just a blast. Awesome. And that's one of my big passions, volunteerism. We've been doing it uh, several times on our trip here, mostly in orphanages, uh, staying uh, with a few orphanages, working with them, fundraising for them. Uh, shout out to some of them, uh, SOS Children's Village, uh, YWAB, which stands for Youth with a Mission, and then Chain of Love. Uh, so uh, super, super excited about inspiring people, not just to travel for the sake of seeing things, but also travel for the sake of making a difference. What would you say are some tips for people who want to actually not just travel, because I think uh, we all have this passion to travel and see the world, but really make a difference. You've had it you know, in several different countries and continents. Uh, any tips or advice for our viewers here and listeners here today, Tuan? I think uh, uh, the first thing is choose a, a problem you care about. Every country has every problem. I chose education. You know, I wanted to provide uh, people all over the world a chance to learn, right? And um, and now I'm trying to figure out how I can spread the idea of self-education and not necessarily have to build a whole school, right? Like, wow, I wonder if we could create infrastructure so every kid can access education no matter what and not need an infrastructure. But I chose something I cared about and I care about education. So anything that allows, you know, girls, boys, children, adults, AIDS victims, anyone to access education. It's, it's something that I care about. For some other people, it could be something else. It, it, that's what, it, to me, what it starts, right? And then, uh, and then choose what, what would create a lot of, you know, this 
total euphoric feeling for you. And for me, what's euphoric for me is is um, I love salsa, Latin music, because I salsa dance. So that's why I have a bit of affinity towards the, the Latin American culture. And, um, and I love a culture that's completely different from me, right? And I love a culture that's, uh, you know, that, uh, that's warm and, 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 you know, you, you hear Latin America is this place where people are so happy, but yet they, they don't have money. And I had to see it from my own eyes and I saw it from my own eyes, right? And uh, so that's, that, that's those things I, I decide to, that led me to choose what I would do. And to me, when you do something you actually really, really care about and not just for the experience of, logging in volunteers experience or it's when you do that there's this level of energy and joy that attracts people who need that or who want that who are already that and that creates a snowball effect that that is an opportunity for everyone to grab on it wasn't like i planned 10 years of volunteerism it was one volunteerism event that was extremely rewarding a lot of fun and we just said how do we do more of this yo i know a friend who's who'd love this and all right let's connect with that person and it just becomes a snowball effect of really really giving people and i have to say for the listeners especially on the volunteerism side you could do business and go around and network with people and build relationships but there's no relationship in my opinion that's stronger when developed through volunteerism it's through the act of love and you stick with each other and you back each other up and it's it's lifetime when it comes to business people come and go nothing personal but it's business and it is what it is and we're tr and the world is moving towards more authentic business relationships but it's still not the same as relationships built through volunteerism and i've had many troubles in my businesses because it's not like i succeeded with every business but the people who backed me up who showed up my doorstep when i was depressed when i was sad when i was confused were the people i met through volunteerism they showed up at my doorstep boom no problem my divorce they showed who showed up my volunteerism friends right so this is this is real love you know what i mean and so i really encourage that awesome uh, great to hear and i know you have a big passion for volunteering and charity and philanthropy with one of your businesses you actually uh, ended up selling it and donating 100 percent of it over to charity tell us about that uh you know tell us about the process behind that and the mindset behind that and the implementation of that yeah so that's uh there's a, a kind of a two sides of coins to that and uh, and i'm going to be like super honest in this uh you know kind of share the insight of of uh of of rapid success on you know and one of it was I'm glad that I've always loved to give back. So giving back is in my nature. However, I was young when I was growing successful and I just was so hungry to make a big impact that I would do anything that end up creating that result. And that includes even joining charities that I, I love, but I wasn't completely connected with. That included doing something to get, you know, accepted by someone of power when I don't, Think i'll ever build a relationship with that person right so the fact that i was giving so much back was kind of two side one it's my nature but two i felt the bigger i gave the bigger people accepted me and just became a bit of an addiction of acceptance by higher powerful people and i crumbled this is my my major one of my major one of two crumblings in my life because you become so disconnected to yourself right so yes you know I, I, I thought I was invincible. Everything I started, 
everything I started, everything I started. Uh, I'm starting to sound like a, a Caribbean now. Hey man, what's going on? Uh, but you know, every every single thing I started was extremely successful, and uh, even though I had some failures, I still crushed it. And I had this almost semi-arrogant um, attitude that anything I do, I could always start, so I could just donate my money and just make more money again the very next day, right? And so my last time I kind of unloaded everything to charity, it's when I got married and I thought I was going to crush another business. But guess what? Times changed. You know, Google stepped in. They stepped into spaces I was familiar with. I, I couldn't win anymore. I was depressed. My marriage wasn't working out. And I couldn't get anything off the ground for three years. And, and I went from, you know, being extremely comfortable to extremely uncomfortable, right, financially. And it was only then that I realized that, you know, what I did was right, no regrets. Uh, but uh, I now know the real drivers that are more authentic to me. And I don't need to make the millions. Uh, I think my business model allows me to do that at the moment. But it keeps me aligned. I'm maintaining alignment with who I am. Right. So I tell people I don't like to be defined by the guy who sells his business and donates all this money to charity. I don't be defined. I want to be defined by the guy who went through a journey and discovered who he really is and what's important to him. And this is what I want to share with the world. I don't, I'd rather be remembered for that, you know? So, so yes, I did donate the money, but that was, that was part of a journey of self-discovery. It had nothing to do with, with the money. It's insignificant. Yeah, that's a very beautifully put Tuan. And I know you've gone through those hard times and I thank you for being so open and vulnerable and transparent about that. I've certainly gone through my tough times too. I, uh, you know, even in Vancouver, before we left in this Daddy Blogger World Tour, I was actually massively depressed, uh, you know, just feeling discontent. I'd become a very much a domesticated dad, driving my kids back and forth from school, running my event production business. Uh, and I was yearning and longing for the sense of adventure, and I had to do something about it. And, uh, you know, we actually acted on it, and here we are traveling, and definitely a lot happier now that we are traveling and seeing this world. But I've gone through those hard times, and, you know, obviously the support network was good, uh, getting out of my... So, you know, uh, you've gone through those hard times, and I'm sure every single one of the people watching and listening today have gone through those hard times. What advice or tips would you say to someone who's maybe at that point right now, and they don't know what to do to seek for help? Um, I would say, I mean, if they haven't done yet, is take some time to yourself. And even though it may seem difficult, it's what I did. Uh, some people may not be able to afford this time, but I took 10 days to myself and I, and I went through a silent treatment. I was silent for 10 days and uh, it helped a ton. I, I told everyone, please don't contact me. I closed my emails. I said I was going on vacation and I just took 10 days to myself. I did prepare myself though. I did say I'm not going to have like my lattes, the latte effect, right? <laughs> and uh, and I, I said to myself, I was going to make sure I prepare myself so I don't get stressed out during the 10 days. And so I, it took me about probably two months to prep for a 10-day silence, treat, silence uh, treatment. Whatever it is for you, um, it's important to take the time to yourself. I needed a I needed like almost what do you call that, uh, you know, an aggressive approach because I was so busy, my mind was all over the place. So it's really important to just take the time and just zen out. And I did things like go back to where I was born, uh, not by born, but where I grew up, which is Montreal. I walked the streets where I grew up. I just get I got reconnected with my youthful self. And to me, getting back to that child, child, childhood curiosity, childlike curiosity, is a, a big component of getting yourself back to 
that energy and 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 excitement and then the, it's and then this and then step two is defining the decision like you did what you want to do i want to travel the world uh, i want to i want to be with people who are aligned with me i don't want to i tell myself i told myself i don't want to be a person who's going to search for acceptance you know I, I listed a few things that i want to build towards and then I said to myself, I'm giving myself a year to get there. So I was realistic that it was a process that was up and down. And I self-educated. It was a everyone has a different level of self-education or type of self-education. Me, primarily YouTube. I'm a bit of a freak on video. So I consume content through YouTube, but then I got into the podcast world. And then reading was the last thing because I hate reading, but now I enjoy reading. As you can see, I, I've accumulated a small library. I actually read all those books, but you know, it wasn't easy to read those books, I'll tell you that. But I, I, I just every day move myself a little bit forward towards a goal I set for myself, right? And so if you guys are feeling a little bit struggling, first of all, you're not alone. Be like Ricky and I, we could we can relate. We can feel you out. We're, we're here for you. Um, but uh, we both took this time to just make a choice. We took a, a period of time to get reconnected, take out the noise and get reconnected, made the choice. And once you make the choice, it's when you start planning what needs to happen some people's financial some people's getting rid of certain friends like energy suckers versus energy givers and so there's a whole process where it's just testing but every day is moving that a little bit forward and being really patient with yourself and loving yourself and if you need to take a break and go to a one-day silent treatment which i've done that i did 10 days and i think after a six-month run i was like oh shit, i'm losing myself again and so then i kind of went back to it again and i did a more of like a day and a half within this area of my city, there's this little kind of cool Scandinavian spa. And I just went there for a day and a half. I booked a night there and I just stayed there and it just got me back again. I came back re-energized, right? So there's no real answer to this other than find your way to get reconnected, make a choice, and then every day move yourself towards that choice. And I think self-education and reaching out to people who've been there is a powerful way of doing it. So. Um, I, if I can add one more thing, it's like gaining confidence. Mm -hmm. If I want to gain confidence, I hang out with people who gain confidence, who have great confidence. If I want to hang out with people because now I'm in social media and I might put stuff out that people might not like me and people might say bad things about me, right? Because I'm, I'm not trying to get accepted by everyone. I would wonder how do people deal with criticism? I would hang out with people who get criticized all the time, but they're just moving forward, right? So I, I surround myself with people who who are what I'd like to aspire to become in my own way. Right? So that's kind of how I would recommend you to take your, your step, your approach. Yeah, those are some great, uh, very practical tips. I, I love your whole uh, you know, um, idea and mindset around that solo, the me time. A lot of people, when they're depressed, uh, they go into retreat, but uh, people advise them, no, seek out friendships and support, which you definitely do need. But sometimes you do need that me time to process what, what you're going through and just that time to reflect and analyze and uh, overcome. And sometimes you don't want to have that support. So it's a, it's a fine balance because you do need the support. You need, you need that, that uh, me time. So I'm glad you mentioned that uh, you know, uh, uh, element as well. And I, I totally agree about the whole uh, self-education, surrounding yourself by YouTube videos and podcasts and reading and uh, uh, you know, uh, just uh, absorbing that positive uh, uh, you know affirmations uh, through these resources and yeah, I'm a, I'm a big podcast junkie and that's uh, definitely something that helped me Overcome my challenges. So thanks for sharing Tuan. Uh, so you're on the other side of this uh, dark uh, period of your life Still yes. peaks and valleys. 
Uh, and you've started uh, this amazing organization, uh, Let's Hug It Out, and obviously your the dental uh, you know, business, and uh, now um, the Awesome Biz Dads podcast. Tell us about Let's Hug It Out, because I think uh, a lot of people are interested in that. Uh, obviously, you're wearing the swag here today yeah. on the show. So tell us about uh, the origin of that. So uh, the, um, the origin is my buddy, Matt. Brit, Matthew Britt, we were just walking in a park one day and, you know, we kind of noticed it's just a lot of people stressed and feeling down and, and Matt really came up with the idea. He's like, wouldn't it be cool if we came up with kind of a, something we could wear and pe it just pe gets people to smile, you know, just somehow they just can't help resist, but to smile. And then uh, it's like, we can't, we just started throwing back and forth some ideas and he came up with let's hug it out right and he's oh what about we just get people to hug it out just a big let's hug it out and just like it's interactive it's engaging and so uh matt matt decided to run with it right he's like twan i'm running with this right I'm like, all right that's cool just let me know how i can help right at that time i was just trying to help and so he ended up launching it him he's the one who actually launched it but i became the instant uh fan of let's hug it out and uh it was it wasn't too long until matt said okay we got to do this together Right. So uh, the reason I think it got really popular is so if there's anyone there, especially if you're trying to create an apparel business, which is a great business to start for you to travel at the same time, because it's an e-commerce based business. Right. So that's what I'm, I'm doing. I'm creating all e-commerce type or, you know, business all through the Internet. My dental business is all through online. So I never have to visit a practice, um, you know, unless it's in some exotic country, I'll just might have to visit the practice. Uh, but um, the whole point of the business that this t-shirt was not we weren't sure where it was going to go but we loved the idea and yes we strategize a, a marketing strategy so let me share with you the marketing strategy of let's hug it out and how it grew first of all when we first launched it you had to buy at least two t-shirts so it's like it's not like that anymore uh, we might go that back to that soon but you have to buy two give to someone and hug it out and you get this instruction and says you know take a picture of you hugging out with your friend and then like kind of like you know, whatever, you know, like pictures of you and your friends wearing the t-shirt. Then the next step is to take a picture yourself doing this, right? And then you put it on your profile pic on all your social media and you tag people. And then there's a, a line which is, hey, just want to spread some positive hugs, you know, with this e-hug, join the hug revolution, let's hug it out.com and tag as many friends as possible. And just that alone created a viral effect, right? It created people liking the hug, wondering about the t-shirt, being tagged, wanting to spread positivity, checking out the website. And we just start seeing orders coming in. And we would have like, you want to buy the the hug, the, the standard hug, the group hug, the team hug. So you're like you buy 10 t-shirts, like a team hug, right? Five t-shirts, a family hug. And so we just realized that uh, uh, maybe a trick or a hack is, is, is when you start an apparel company, you know, some people like put inspiring quotes and which is great, but Nothing, in my opinion, beats an apparel that and encourages participation, right? So we just trademark bought the uh, bought the uh, bought the URL for let's fist bump. So it's a fist, and it says fist bump, right? So now you walk around, and it's a, and it's that's a, the dad thing. So it's going to be under the dad umbrella, and and people are going to walk and see this, and you just want to do this all the time, right? Like, oh, dude, yeah, yeah. And so you create that that human connection. Right. And so there's just not enough human connection anymore. And we want to create an apparel company that creates positivity, spreads hugs, but primarily through human connection, even with just a fist bump. There you go. So that's kind of like the background and the story of let's talk it out. 
<laughs> Beautiful, and I love the whole fist bump thing too because our, our kids uh, sometimes when we're traveling, uh, they'll meet strangers, and the strangers will try to actually handshake them. Uh, but our kids aren't aren't really handshakers yet; they're young. Uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, I just uh, say to the person who's about to shake their hand, I'm like fist bump, and then automatically when they put their fist bump, my kids yeah. love it. So it's definitely very yeah, relevant yeah. to dads and families, and uh, just uh, the global language of uh, fist bumping and hugging. You don't need to communicate verbally. You can communicate through those uh, body language. And yeah, language. yeah. Love it, love it, love it. And obviously, the, like you said, it's a great way of uh, becoming a digital nomad by uh, creating an e-commerce store, apparel company, uh, etc. So uh, you have lately, just recently, I think uh, as of about 10 days ago at the time of this recording, launched your latest project, which is the Awesome Biz Dads podcast. I know it was many months and months into, into the making. Uh, so tell us about, uh, you know, where did you come up with the idea? I love the whole, the, the theme of the, the dude Buddha and the traveling Buddha, the business Buddha. And then, uh, you know, you incorporate it into the Awesome Biz Dads podcast. So tell us about uh, that uh, story there. Yeah, so uh, basically, uh, the Awesome Biz Dad podcast is uh, 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 one of the channels of Dude Buddha which is, I guess you call it a tribe movement that uh, I created that helps business fathers share uh, epic lessons and epic failures around relationship, business, um, self-care, and masculinity, right? So those are, uh, those are like some primary, the four primary areas. And so where did it come from? Well, I mean, podcasts is, is I learned actually that why I chose a podcast was podcasts is listened by 65% are men. And men prefer podcasts over, you know, reading a book, for example, right? And so just knowing the listenership, I knew that podcast was great at access. The other thing was I love the conversation I was having with my dads. And, and I want to capture the conversation and share it. And so I learned just through research that podcast is a great way to just have a conversation and just share the conversation, right? And so... Uh, so now, now the background to that was what I mentioned earlier, which was my divorce. And I came out of divorce and I was just on my way up. I'm getting, you know, bring feeling a sense of meaning again. And I would, I remember bumping to this one guy and uh, I don't know if I should expose because he's pretty public about it now, but let's just keep his name confidential for now because our group is a little bit on the anonymous side, which I'll explain. I think that's my why I've been able to grow fast because my community is anonymous. So I bumped this guy, we'll call him Gene, all right? And we bump into him in front of Loblaws, which is like a safe way for those in, in the States. It's a, it's a grocery store. And, um, and we just chatted for an hour. And at the end of the chat, he said, oh, Tuan, I feel so great. Like, thanks for chatting with me. Do you mind if we meet maybe in a couple of weeks? I know you're busy. I'm like, dude, let's just meet next week. Let's meet at like Second Cup or something, which is like a coffee shop chain here. And so we met up at Second Cup and he brought three other guys that we were together in this kind of divorce life class you know what i mean we had a life this course called the rebuild and we we're all in this together and i learned that uh that men sign up for part two of the rebuild because uh, there's like part one part two and most women don't sign up because women have a place to go but once the men feel comfortable in one particular place they continue with that place as a place where they can open up they don't just have anywhere else to go so now coming to the coffee shop and our meetings went from four to six and then people i didn't even know started showing up to our coffee shop meetings like it was like end up being every two weeks and then it grew to about 30 people it was really really tight and uh, then uh, eventually i found out that there's lots of men who they knew that didn't want to show their face so what did i do i hosted 
uh, a Google type hangout type session where I said, you guys, I'm going to host a meeting online, tell your friends who don't want to show their face to come out. I don't need to seal their face. I don't need them to enter the real name. They just need to show up. But if they need to ask a question, we need to hear their real voice, right? So I suddenly, suddenly started hosting these meetings online instead. And there's a guy, Mark, he's in our group, and he has a brother in Germany who's a lawyer. And he says, Tuan, my brother's a little messed up, and I think he'd love to join the call, but he can't time we chat. And um, but he could join the first call just to check it out. So we met at 10 p.m. Just so you guys know, we had a meeting 10 p.m. at night because it was the best night. Kids go to bed, right? So we met 10 p.m. after all the kids go to bed, and we're online. And that day, Mark's brother, he showed his face, and he's he's in his blanket in bed. It's 4 a.m. in Germany, right? And and at the end of that meeting, it's I think we finished at maybe five. five 15, 520 his time, he probably got, took a shower, went to work, and he sends me an email and he says, Tuan, that was amazing. I know guys in Germany who would love to, to do this, but they wouldn't wake up at 4 a.m. So then I said, you know what? If they, you get me 10 guys, I'll host a, a call with German guys, like the guys out there. So he hosts us connecting with his friends and he messaged me like about six weeks later, Tuan, I got 10 guys who want to, will jump on the call. And so we jump on the call and that started growing like this whole, you know, I built a, a private email list. I didn't have like a list building strategy or anything. It was just like my own little spreadsheet with people's emails. And uh, I would add them to my contact list and group them in, on my, in my Gmail. And I would just blast them once a month. Hey guys, uh, I'm going to go online tomorrow. Who wants to jump on the call, right? And then after uh, several months, one of the guys said, dude, you got you to do something with this. I'm like, what do you mean? like you should start something with this because it's pretty valuable so i did a survey i'm like let me just get to know you guys just so because i never really got to know we just talked about topics like sex or relationships or raising kids and i found out that 72 percent of the men that were on the calls were business owners and they own law firms they own this they own that a small medium business there's a couple guys who ran massive companies which i can't list the names of the companies but but i found out they they liked it for two reasons I was a business guy and the things I shared about with my kids and this and that was this creator mindset that we have as business people. That's what I was able to tell the difference between a biz dad and a non-biz dad because once we start solving problems our own and doing everything with our bare hands and doing everything, we just, we want that for our kids. We want to teach them how, everything they know we know they can be. We believe in them more than ever before, right? And so I was able to realize that, okay, there's something special about biz dads and so I'm going to, I'm going to get to know them. And I started kind of surveying the crowd and got to know the little small list that I had. And, um, and that's when I made the decision to start something that, um, that's now called Dude Buddha. All right. And the whole point of Dude Buddha, the word Buddha is, you know, it's from Buddhism. I'm, I'm Buddhist, but I don't, I, I'm not like a practicing Buddhist. But I, I, I've studied Buddhism as a way where it's, it's a beautiful religion where it transfers wisdom from generation to what generation and i love this kind of this this growth mindset of buddhism right and then the dude part was by accident i thought i owned the domain dad buddha too and i thought they would vote for dad buddha but they unanimously voted dude because they said i helped them remember that they're a man playing these roles playing the role of a father playing the role of a, a husband playing the role of a business professional but they're are they're a dude and so we call ourselves the dude Buddhas because we're dudes and we're about growth and sharing wisdom and building a community. And there's not one 
Buddha, by the way, for those of you who don't know, like Buddhism is once you're supposed to reach some level of enlightenment, you become a Buddha. There's multiple Buddhas in this world, you know, and so it's why I like the word dude Buddha because we're all dude Buddhas. As long as you're on a pursuit to do awesome at, at home, at business, with yourself and your relationships, you are a dude Buddha. If you're constantly moving forward in this space and trying to learn and share, you are a dude Buddha. And everyone gets a dude Buddha name. And yours, of course, Ricky, is the traveling Buddha. And mine is the gangster Buddha because I grew up in the streets. I'm very spiritual. My vocabulary is not Scrabble level, right? But I bring what people say spirituality down to the streets. Yo, you know what I'm saying? And so, so my nickname is the gangster Buddha. And my friends back in the day gave me that name. They're like, yo, man, you're like this the spiritual guy, but you're, you're kind of street talk at the same time. I'm like, yo, man, I'm the gangster Buddha. And so that's how it came up, like just this years ago, right? So that's that's the whole process of how Dude Buddha came about. Awesome, man. Thanks for sharing that, the whole backstory. I didn't know that personally, so it's good to hear. And uh, I love the podcast. I'm actually one of the guests, so make sure you tune in for the, that episode where I share all about our family travels. So uh, I, definitely it's been super inspiring, Tuan, to hear all about uh, your background, your, your passions, even through the dark times, and now all of your uh, projects you've been on. Uh, so if people want to connect with you, I know you have several different businesses and projects on the go. Uh, what would be some of the websites and social media that people can connect with you through. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for asking, by the way. And, and definitely excited to launch your show. It'll be within the next 10 days. Um, but uh, you could connect with me at dudebuddha.com and uh, you could email me directly at tuan at dudebuddha.com. Uh, or you could also go to Let's Hug It Out, of course, let's hug it out.com and order a t shirt, send some positivity, and hug people all over the world. There you go, there you go. And uh, send us those pictures and videos of you, uh, t you know, with the Let's Take It Out t-shirt around the world and videos and all, we'd love to see them. So Tuan, uh, thanks again, my friend. It's always great to connect with you and I look forward to connecting again. Thank you, have a good day. Much love to your family, Ricky. Thank you, Tuan. And uh, thanks everyone for tuning into this episode. Make sure you connect with Tuan on his several different businesses and websites. Uh, Let's Hug It Out, uh, the Awesome Business uh, Podcast, and uh, Dude Buddha. And uh, you know, if you've been inspired and if you're going through those hard times that Tuan and me talked about, definitely reach out uh, to someone like Tuan, someone like myself, just someone, period. Uh, so thanks everyone for tuning into this episode of our Digital Nomad Mastery Podcast and Videocast, where we teach you how to make money and how to hug it out while traveling the world. <laughs>